Okay. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the newest episode of Chats with Marty. This week, we've got Adelaide striker and ex-WA player Liam O'Connor with us today. How are we, Liam? Very good, mate. How are you? Very, very well. Now, it's the first person that I've actually got that of calibre that's played professional cricket or professional sport in Nervous. general. So, Nervous. tell me, growing up, um, who did you play for when you are growing up and just how was life as a kid? Uh, I played for uh, Balladura, basically footy and cricket, um, through all my juniors. Um, so I was sort of pretty local to that area and, yeah, just happened to end up at the club and, yeah, spent both my footy and cricket careers there, which was really good. I never had any issues, still hang out with a lot of mates. So I, uh, I played junior cricket with um, with now and, and same with footy. So, yeah, it was a pretty cruisy um, growing up life and, I probably uh, had a relatively good junior footy and um, and cricket career, winning a few flags and bits and pieces with Balladura. So it was great fun at the at the same time. And um, I also, yeah, I um, as I said, I made some lifelong mates, and yeah, it was good fun. What was what was life like in Balladura? As many people in WA know, it's not one of the the posh suburbs. Obviously, it's one of those ones where everyone else is, and it's doesn't get the best name for itself. So what was life like in Balladura? Oh, yeah. You know, when you're growing up, you don't really know as much uh, as where you are, I guess. You, you're sort of just, yeah, you're in an area and that's it is what it is. You know, it's sort of got its uh, its dodginess and you got to be uh, careful, I guess, anywhere you go. You can't really uh, carry on too much, otherwise you'll get yourself in trouble. But, um, but yeah, I, I found it pretty good. I always knew you had to be careful if you're going down to local parks at... Um, all hours of the night and whatever. So I tended to steer clear of that and made sure I sort of hanged out with the right people so I didn't get sucked in too much to that stuff. Fair enough. What drew you into cricket? So what was the draw card into it at the end? You were saying that you played all your junior footy and footy in general with Balladura, cricket with Balladura, which is now Balladura Lansdale um, Cricket Club. So what drew you into playing cricket over footy? Um. I guess like I sort of ended up being probably a bit of a better cricketer purely, you know, yeah, I played to an all right level throughout through juniors with footy and all that, but then yeah, your size and stature, I'm not the biggest bloke around. So I sort of had to, you know, weigh that up and say, all right, what's going to take me further. And I was probably doing pretty well um, at cricket at the time. And that sort of makes a decision enough for you, but I still have a pretty big passion for, um, for footy and yeah, I, I still have a, a big um, a big passion for cricket as well. So I sort of try to balance a bit of both of that. And yeah, as you're sort of getting on later in life, you sort of have the opportunity to to go, I guess, towards your your passions a bit more rather than what you're uh, what you're just thrown into because you're good. So yeah, I guess um, I don't know. I sort of yeah just fell into cricket purely because of a uh, maybe my stature more than anything. Fair enough. The um. Now, cricket's probably been a big part of your life. You've got to play for Australia in the under-17s and those sort of tours. What was it like getting to put on the green and gold? Oh, I didn't actually get to uh, – played for WA through my uh, my 17s and 19s, so no um, no Aussie stuff for me. But, yeah, look, I, anything, I guess, representing like some sort of state or, um, or, or in a larger comp like the Big Bash is sort of a – yeah, it's just a huge honour, I guess, and – 
um, whenever I, I get that opportunity, even I guess you pull on your, your local cricket for Bayswater, it's still a massive opportunity. And I think sometimes people take those things for granted. Like you, no matter what level you're sort of playing, you sort of got to be, uh, I guess, yeah, t- making the most of it and and feeling like it is an honour. So, yeah, you can never take those things for granted no matter what you are, you sort of end up playing, I think. So you said you play for Bayswater. What's, what's, let's go, we'll go through cricket memories because obviously you've probably got a lot of them, especially having played in WA squads and for the strikers. What's your, for Premier Cricket level, what's the biggest cricket memory that you've got? Um, oh, played Premier Cricket for, yeah, 10, 12 years now. So it's been a while, but um, even probably, oh, yeah, going back to, I guess, my first ever game of A-grade cricket, I um, I debuted in a, I think it was a semi-final for, um, for Bayswater versus South Perth. Um, and yeah, obviously I hadn't played any A-grade cricket before I was playing with guys like Marcus North and Liam Davis, guys who played a lot of state cricket um, against a pretty good South Perth side. And um, yeah, it was obviously I was 17 or whatever I was and I was pretty nervous, but yeah, just the opportunity to go out and play. And I think I took three wickets in a final and made 30 odd runs and put on a 90 run partnership with a, one of my good mates, um, Luke Waterhouse, who made some runs as well um, that day. And unfortunately, we fell 20 runs short or 15 runs short. But I think, um, yeah, it just sort of, you know, you you took three wickets and I made a few runs. And that sort of, like, to me, gave a bit of reassurance that, oh, maybe I uh, I can go right here and, and, yeah, make a bit of a career out of or at least, like, have a really good first-grade career because... Yeah, I was only young and you sort of have your doubts, but yeah, that gave me a lot of confidence to, I guess, um, yeah, build a career and, and yeah, have a lot of confidence going to the next year. That's for sure. Mm. So you debuted for WA and you've played for the Strikers. What was the experience on debut for WA, especially um, in Shield and one day cricket? What was the uh, experience like and what's your best feeling when going out in the middle? Um, I guess, like, yeah, both of my um, debuts were positive in a sense that I played pretty well and um, took five on debut in the in the Shield stuff and um, a wicket and bowled pretty well in the one-day stuff. And just it was probably unfortunate that we lost both games. So my end was – it was like a positive-negative, same sort of scenario where, you, you know, you, it's it's a great positive for yourself mentally and and for your just general confidence to to know that, you know, you've gone out and you've done well and you've contributed to the team and, and try to help them out. But unfortunately, yeah, at the end of the day, when you don't win, it's it's not always uh, yeah, a positive thing. And, yeah, I'm pretty competitive, so I don't like to lose at the best of times. So according to ESPN Crick Info, it's obviously the best uh, your first class... Yeah, you know, no? It, your best first class innings is five for 131. Do you want to talk about that innings in particular? Yep. So that was uh, that was my debut. Um, so pretty much, uh, we're playing on a pretty yeah tough wicket out in uh, in Bankstown in Sydney and against a pretty star-studded New South Wales side. And um, yeah, I bowled pretty well. I bowled 40 odd overs and. Yeah, went at threes and took five on on debut, and I I sort of looked back and I thought I could have taken a few more because I had a few bad ones that didn't go my way. But um, 
but yeah, look, that was a, a massively positive experience for me. And um, yeah, take five on debut for Inshield Cricket. You can't really ask for much more than that, can you? Do you remember the wickets? Uh, yeah, I do. I have pretty good memory with that stuff. I didn't play a heap of games, so I sort of, you know, I know all the wickets that I uh, that I generally have taken. I think from Talk us through them, like because probably people out there would like to know what's about the wicket, what they were. Because if you're saying it's star studded, you never know. It could have been a Steve Smith that you get out. No, I got who did I get? I got a Kurt. My first wicket was I think either might have been Curtis Patterson or. No, it might have been Daniel Hughes, sorry. Daniel Hughes sweeping, caught, um, short fine, top edge. And then I got, uh, who do I get after that? I got, um, I bowled Jack Edwards with a wrongen from memory. I also got Nick Larkin LBW from memory as well. And then I got out uh, Trent Copeland and... Might have been Steve O'Keefe uh, just caught, just trying to um, take me down. So, yeah, a couple of test players in there, I guess. Was, um... A couple of Australian players in there, which isn't too bad at all, especially yeah. when you get the rival spinner out on the other side. is even better. Exactly. That's always the uh, the competitive edge for that. You, you take yourself as a positive if you do that. Yeah, and then obviously your first class, that was first class, and then you got your one-day career, Look, only four games, but not everyone can be tired to get into a side of like WA, especially in the one-day stuff where you've just got so many good bowlers in general going in. But three for 35, talk us through that because that would have been one of your best innings for one-day cricket. And as a spinner, one-day cricket is probably the hardest thing to do. Yeah, it is, yeah. I um, That's, as you said, you're pretty spot on because that three for 35 was, I think, my last game I played last year. Um, And, yeah, obviously, you know, that's a pretty good game, three for 35 in a one day. You got threes or fours or whatever I went at and uh, at the Wacker as well, which is... uh, Which honestly not good for Yeah, yeah, it's not. And and it is hard. And that was against Victoria, who are a pretty decent side. And um, I think... Yeah, like, as you said, I think I played that game and then the week after I didn't play because we had Ashton Agar back, which is like, that's, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's professional cricket for you. Like, you just got to be, uh, I guess, aware that you, no matter how many wickets or whatever you, you take, sometimes you're going to have guys that are, uh, are going to replace you and that's fine. Like, I, I understand that and that's part of it. And, yeah, you just hope that hopefully one day you get another opportunity because, yeah, you know you can do it. Yeah, exactly. Um, look, as a spinner, especially when, especially in the WA side at the Wacker, it's always hard, especially when Ashton Ager's coming back, like you said, and even Darcy Short, he does bowl his part-time offies. Um, now, the big stuff, the one that you've played your most games in, T20 cricket. Do you see yourself as more of a T20 specialist now? Um, I sort of maybe white ball specialist, if anything, like rather than... Um, a T20 specialist because I guess they're sort of both those skills are they sort of come hand in hand and um, obviously 2020 cricket you've got a bit less margin for error because guys are uh, pretty much going you from ball one but yeah I've been lucky enough to to be getting um, a fair few games over my thing I've played for six years now or, um, or whatever it is with Adelaide Strikers and yeah it's been awesome I've won a flag or a, uh, I guess a title as you call it and 
um, yeah, managed to make some really good memories and um, make some awesome mates along the way as well. And yeah, when I first went over there, I didn't know anyone and I was, oh, I knew maybe two or three guys from playing around the state stuff, but yeah, I was still pretty young and didn't know um, a lot of guys and I've yeah made some lifelong mates that I speak to on a regular basis. Let's talk about T20 because Big Bash starts in what, two weeks? Um, the Scorchers playing the Heat is one of the opening games. What was it like getting the call up and getting the contract for all the strikers? Uh, yeah, it was awesome. It was uh, it was a bit out of the blue. I came in as a replacement player for um, John Holland, so he broke his foot. Um, and then I got flown over to Adelaide basically and like got a call. You, can you fly to Adelaide in a day? Come over. We want to have a look at you. All right, flew over. I think I was with four other um, spinners and basically we just pretty much had a bowl off. Like we're in a practice game and we had to, um, yeah, had to bowl against um, like basically the existing strikers set up, the guys like Hetty and um, at the time, I don't think Alex Carey was on there, but um, it was like Brad Hodge, yeah. Craig Simmons, guys like that. Um, it was a pretty strong, uh, strong setup. And um, yeah, we basically... I bowled pretty well in the practice games and they came to me at the end of the session. I think after it was the second day I'd been there and they said, look, we're going to, yeah, we want to offer you a replacement gig and, and got the gig. So yeah, I was pretty happy. I, I think I bowled a wrong end to Travis head and bowled his off stump or whatever. And he was captain at the time. So I think that worked pretty well in my favor. So that, uh, when I did that, I was like, I must be at least some sort of sniff to get the gig, but but yeah, no, it worked out really well. And I guess it there's a bit of luck involved. If you bowl bad, I go back home and I might not ever get a gig. But yeah, mm. just timing was right and I bowled well. And yeah, it worked out obviously for the next six years and so on. Yeah, most definitely. You still with the strikers for this season? Yep, correct. I've uh, I'm off in oh less than a week. So that's why I, when I messaged you, I was like, please tell me you're not in Adelaide getting ready. <laughs> Didn't know no, quarantine no, no, and all that, but then we're in WA with the most Safe, most safe state in the world. Um, yeah. Now you said that you won a title. What was it like? Um, I've been at what two? I've been at the. I've went to three Big Bash finals that the Scorchers were in. Got to see them win one, but the experience of winning one. What was it like? Especially at Adelaide yeah. Oval. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Adelaide Oval sort of renowned for, I guess, same as what the Wacky used to be. It's just such a cricket friendly place and such a great place to watch cricket and they get massive amounts of supporters. I think we're pretty much in that year. Um, and we generally do is we're getting 50, 55 plus to every game and that's capacity at Adelaide Oval. And yeah, we just, we were having a really good year and uh, yeah, just had the run at the right time. And yeah, it was awesome to win it. We lucky enough, we had um, Jake Weatherall hit a hundred and, I guess got us to 205 or 210 or whatever, which is a massive T20 score and sort mm. of something that you know there wasn't too many 200s floating around in big bash cricket, that's for sure. So um, it was pretty nice going out into the field knowing we had, you know, if you go less than 10 and over, you've done your job because you've exactly. done less than the run rate. So yeah, it, it was a really um, great experience and I had a bit of my family over and um, that was the first game they'd ever seen me play in Adelaide. So yeah, it was just a great experience all around and um, and something that, yeah, obviously I remember for a long time. For you as someone that, like, all of us don't get to play in front of massive crowds and then you go play in the Big Bash and it's 55,000, what's the feeling like, especially that whole season, 
pretty sure that season the strikers were just unbeatable. They were just one of the best teams in the comp. Um, what was it like having fifty-five plus thousand and you're just just behind you every game? Yeah, well, I that year like because we had um, Rashid Khan, who's obviously yeah the number one T twenty bowler in the in the uh, in the world. Sorry, he um, yeah he was basically killing it the whole year, which is uh, like sort of coincided with our success and I didn't even play my first game of that year was the final so didn't play a single game um and then Rash has had to go away for um international duty and fortunate enough yeah I've, I was there at the right time obviously and um and got called in for the final and yeah it was pretty nerve-wracking I guess in that sense because yeah you hadn't played a game all year you sort of I was bowling right in the nets but that's only a um you know you can't get it's a game session Exactly. Nets compared to 55,000 and bowling against guys that are, uh, we had Darcy Short and Matthew Wade at the time who were killing it as well. So, mm. yeah, I think like it, there's always nerves and it's just part of the game. But yeah, the more you can sort of contain them and just sort of think, all right, like it's not the end of the world if you, um, yeah, if, if you get whacked around, it, it is what it is. It's just a game. So, yeah, that tries to, I try to settle myself with little things like that. What is it like, especially in T20 cricket with us getting a lot of internationals over and all that, playing with the likes of Rashid Khan and I think you might have had Kyron Pollard as well, playing with those ones in and around your system, how does it, what, what do you get to learn off them and what are they like as people in general? Because, what well, Rashid Khan's literally only 10 days younger than me and mm. I'm like, you're kidding, he's 23 and he looks 40. Yeah. But what is it like playing with these players that have played many international games and are succeeding on the biggest stage for their country? Oh, yeah. Like, I, I think, obviously, they bring a wealth of knowledge, firstly, and, you know, they play these tournaments all around the world. And um, it's just, yeah, they've got that cricket knowledge as well. They bring that cultural side of things as well. They're all from different cultures. And, yeah, we have had guys like Pollard. We've had Chris Jordan. We've had... Guys like Phil Salt, we've had, yeah, Rash, as you said. So, yeah, we've had a mix of, I guess, nationalities that have come over. And I think at the end of the day, you're all trying to win cricket. And um, all of them have been, yeah, really nice guys. I think we've sort of gone down the route of if we're going to bring anyone over with Dizzy as our coach as well, he's sort of looking at guys that are nice people at the same time as good cricketers. And it sort of helps the team balance. And, yeah, the, the whole... I guess our setup, we've been generally pretty successful since I've been there. We've made a few final series and won one. So it, it's sort of working that blueprint for us. And mm. yeah, it's going really well so far. What, what was it? What's Dizzy like as a coach? Obviously, we see him in the public and on interviews and stuff. And he did hit a 200 against Bangladesh. Does he bring that up a lot? He does occasionally sign off with, uh, I think it was 201 or 203 or whatever he got. Um, and oh, so he occasionally when he sends out a message, he'll put that down the bottom and as a little sign off, um, which is quite funny. And you know, he uh, he does bring it up every now and then, but yeah, he's a great coach, he's a nice guy, he's a he's a very uh, personable person, uh, guy, and yeah, you know, he just he basically looks out for uh, for you and and will back you up um when you're doing things right and that's the main thing if you if you are trying to do the right thing and trying to improve and work hard then he's got all the time in the world for you so yeah he's a nice guy and um i think yeah he's obviously trying to do his best with south australian cricket now which was in i guess they were going through a pretty tough time and yeah he's he's getting them out of um that sort of 
darker period that they've been through to hopefully, yeah, take them to something a bit more positive. Mm, most definitely. Surely you get to find him every time he mentions it. You have those oh, fine sessions at community cricket. Surely there's the uh, odd fine session for the end of our uh, season drinks and a big bash drinks. Just give him a couple of dollar fines. She'll be right. Yeah, I think he's, you know, it's a hard one. He's played a heap of test cricket. You sort of just let him run his mouth and do what he what he does. He's got, yeah, and he's a nice guy, as I said. So you sort of just let it slide with him and laugh it off. It is pretty funny when he does it. So you let him go. Yeah, most definitely. Okay, 15 wickets in Big Bash cricket. Who's the biggest wicket that you've got? Uh, I'd say A.B. de Villiers would be my biggest wicket. He's, Can you, uh, you remember the wicket? I do, yeah. It was shock and ball, half tracker, I think, and he tried to hit me out of the park and didn't get it and caught deep, uh, long on or something. So that's probably my uh, my most famous wicket in terms of who I've got out, but I've definitely got a few better ones. What's the best wicket that you've got? Um, I'd either say I, I think I got Daniel Hughes. I bowled him with a wrong and so lefty. Um, top of off, or I bowled Narby, I think, one year. Um, yeah, and I think I bowled last year. I got Chris Green with a pretty decent one as well. So I bowled a couple of nice ones in there, but every now and then you bowl the old bad one. It's nice to get a wicket like that, especially AB de Villiers. As they say, she gets wickets. Correct. That's, that's what a lot of my bowls, for some reason I bowl the real short shit as trying to be a fast medium bowler and then it gets pumped and on the boundary catch. I'm like, you should have hit that for six, mate. It, it, was yeah, it does happen. It does happen. Um, but yeah, you, unfortunately, you, actually let's not go to that part yet. We'll just keep talking about T20 cricket. How many more do you reckon you just keep playing for the strikers or are you going to, even though you're not playing domestic cricket as in the list day and first class, you've got to apply yourself into T20s and try and get, Small years, either at the strikers, or are you looking to maybe another um, franchise? Um, look, I, I'm pretty happy with the strikers at the moment. That's there's no uh, no calls for move or anything. You just sort of think big bash cricket and franchise cricket. You sort of just take things as they come each year on year, and um, you, you're pretty much open to to going wherever if there is no contract there or if there's you know a bit of money involved because it's just how it is. Like I personally wouldn't want to move because I've built a good rapport with strikers and I've been there for a number of years now. So I'm, I'm well and truly happy uh, down that route and hopefully I can stay with them for a, a fair while longer. Before we move on to the WA stuff, what what's your goals for this season? Obviously, it's a 14-game season. Pretty sure that the Big Bash is 14-game yeah. season. What's your goals for it? Um, look, I'm pretty open every year I go over. You you sort of know you're not going to play every game and you hope that you sort of play a couple and do well. So I sort of keep that approach going and go over there with an open mind and to, to work hard and to train well and, and help guys who are playing or um, or vice versa if you are playing to to sort of just work hard and, and go all right. Yeah, so I, I keep it pretty simple when I go over. I don't... Um, I don't try to set too high standards in terms of goals. I have I hold myself in high standards with how I train and how I play. But yeah, outside of that, I um I generally just yeah 
I don't put too much pressure on myself to to hit certain areas or marks or whatever because otherwise, yeah, you, you find that you can sometimes get a bit ahead of yourself. Fair enough. Now, unfortunately, this season you didn't get offered a WA contract. How how did it feel when you weren't offered that contract? Um, like obviously, it's disappointing when you you don't get a contract or whatever, but. Yeah, you sort of just got to move on. It was unfortunate in the sense that I played some pretty good cricket last year. But as I said, that's professional cricket. Yeah, unfortunately, can't contract everyone. And the list on WA at the moment is, yeah, if anything, one of the strongest it's been in um, in many, many years. We've just got some really talented players on there and guys who, I guess, at the same time, they're not currently Australia contracted. So that sort of hurts guys who are um, who, who are local and, um, a lot of those spots that guys could be, um, yeah, obviously Aussie contracted. They're not. Um, they're not. So they're, they're having to be WA contracted, and it makes it pretty tough competition for spots. Most definitely, especially when you got the likes of Sean Marsh, Mitch Marsh, yeah. Agar. Agar's Australian contracted, but like Cam Green. Yeah, um, those ones. It's very difficult to even get on a contract list in general. Yeah, it is. And even the storing coming in and out. So exactly. Um, Talking about those ones, who's the one of the best players that you've played with, or or just in junior cricket? Um, I think oh, Rush Rush would be easily the uh, one of the best players I've played with and and got to got to see play. He's just his energy and how he approaches the game is just second to none. I think he yeah he just gives it his all and he yeah he just a presence on and off the field. So yeah, he's um no he's he's great to. To have on board and um yeah I, I really enjoy playing with him um locally with wa um i guess from my end who i've got to play with probably sean marsh um just yeah he's a real cool calm collected figure and um a great guy off the field and at the same time he's obviously a gun batsman and has done it for 15 20 years so yeah he's an absolute weapon awesome um Who's been the best coach that you've had under? Obviously, you've had Dizzy and AV, and I want to say maybe did were you under JL at all? I was, yeah. So I had a bit of time under JL as well. So I've had some pretty good coaches, and yeah, they're all positive and negative in their own ways, um, and they approach their their cricket differently as well, which is that's probably the one thing I've I've learned. I've had three probably entirely different coaches, and they've all been great. Um, and I guess from my end, I, I'd probably say Dizzy purely because I've had probably, a, I guess, a better um, record under him in terms of how I've played my cricket. Um, but, yeah, all of them have been really good and I get along really well with V now. And, um, yeah, I, I, I think they're all different coaches and that's the the positive thing. I, I'm able to get a few different insights into and, and learning experiences um, still now when I'm when I'm playing. Most definitely. Obviously, we haven't really talked about batting much because you're a bowler and obviously they're the better better version of the uh, cricket team because the bowler has to do all the hard work or the batsman just gets to sit there and whack a ball for as long as they want. Exactly. Um, but in cricket in general, what do you think the future of cricket in Australia is looking and what do you think needs to change? Um, look, I think we've got a pretty good product still with Big Bash and and how it's sort of going. I think they just got to be mindful of not trying to overdo it and 
try throw too many quirky uh, rules and bits and pieces in to, to try appeal to people because sometimes that can go the other way. Um, and I think you sort of lose the, you know, there is still, even with 2020 cricket, there's that bit of traditionalness about it because it has been around for a while now and you don't want to turn it into too much of a, a novelty and just a bit of a, um, I guess, you, you, it's not a joke or it's not a... Uh, you know, it's you've got to appeal to, to all levels of um, of people. And, yeah, I think at the moment it's, um, yeah, it, it's going maybe a little bit more towards that direction, which is a bit of a shame. But, yeah, I think if they can, um, they can really boost crowd numbers now that COVID is starting to improve and, mm. and really look at focusing on the product itself and, and trying to enhance fan experiences at the actual grounds, um, then I think that'll be a better um, better option rather than trying to change the game. So what did you think of the, what was the last year? I think we had the surge and the X factor and there was another one in there, but what did you think of it? Um, yeah, look, I, I can understand these rules are in there and they sort of tried to go a few quirky names with it, which that sort of, yeah, that, that can mean things are a little bit like a novelty and that's how I sort of took it but yeah I didn't mind like the sub rule was okay like that sort of is not the worst thing to bring in because yeah it, it is a bit of a weapon in itself um the surge yeah I'm not the biggest fan I didn't think it was you know it just I can see why they brought it in and some people do like it, but yeah it's tough on bowlers that's for sure almost definitely um, you only have to bowl four six overs in a normal game, but in this one, yeah. four overs at the start and yeah. two hours. And they got like... through, yeah. So, no, it did, you know, I some of them work, some don't. I get that they're trying to try things, but I think that was purely because they didn't have the fan experiences and bits and pieces. So I think if they put a bit more time into trying to enhance those fan experiences and, you know, market their, their products and, um, what they can provide people off the field is, yeah, is going to work better for them. Mm, most definitely. And best ground that you've played at? Oh, definitely Adelaide Oval. I'd say, I think when Adelaide Oval was going and like a New Year's game, for example, or one of the finals, like it's just a, yeah, it's the best viewing ground slash, yeah, just atmosphere you can get at a ground. Interesting. Normally people would say the MCG, but Adelaide Oval apparently is an absolute buzz right now. Yeah, it is. Now, hit you soon. Oh, no, it's just, yeah, it's a great ground. It's um, MCG is nice, but yeah, MCG's got the traditional aspect. Adelaide Oval is just a, yeah, it's a lovely ground. Have you got to play at Optus? I haven't. I've been 12th there a few times. It's not really, it's been a bit green when we've played there in the past, so generally it's a bit more suited to pace bowlers, but yeah, it is a lovely ground, that as well. Like, and I've watched uh, like footy games and stuff there and it's just great viewing um, so they've done a really good job as well awesome um, what does the future hold for yourself um, cricket and non-cricket related um, well hopefully yeah keep playing um, professional cricket as long as I can um, I understand I'm getting older and yeah you, you can fall out of the game pretty easy and I'm, I'm happy with whatever way that goes so I'll just continue to hopefully keep taking wickets wherever I play and enjoy my cricket. And um, yeah, I'll feel, I just, yeah, working at, um, with Icon Sports and WA, it's a, yeah, it's a really good opportunity and working under um, the obviously owner here is John Wells, who's um, big bash 
uh, player as well down at Adelaide. So, yeah, we've got a pretty good um, office in here and we do some pretty good stuff. So, yeah, it's uh, that'll be me off-field for my non-cricket activities. Mm. Um, are you still playing, like, Premier Cricket or are you going to ever think about going back to, say, Balladura or Lansdale now to go and play community cricket? Um, no, I think my home is will be Premier Cricket for now. Captain Basie for a long time now, and um, we'll just continue being with them. And yeah, it's a it's a great opportunity to uh, yeah to continue to lead them, and um, hopefully yeah work towards a uh, a flag in the years to come. How's your season been so far? Yeah, good. Yeah, coming off um, fair few wickets in in grey cricket, so yeah, it's always good leading into Big Bash to be taking a few bags, and it's always good. Most definitely now. Final question, most important, especially in a couple of weeks' time, two of the biggest tournaments and a series start in Australia. Who wins the Big Bash if not the Strikers? And then who wins the Ashes? I'm going to say Aussies obviously win the Ashes. That's my, uh, I think, yeah, they're going to be too good. And Big Bash, oh, it's a tough one with the Big Bash. There's a few decent teams out there. I think um, Hobart look like they've got a pretty good, well-balanced list to me. Um, and Scorchers have put together a pretty good list again as well. So, yeah, it's going to be a tight competition, I think, if um, with a few, I guess, teams playing on um, on different grounds and Scorchers potentially not paying home could affect them a little bit. But, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. We've got two games at home this year so far, so hopefully we got some more. Yeah. Um, yeah. How many games do the Aussies win in this Ashes series? and? As much as we all want them to win, it's looking like we've already had one scandal so far this year, so hopefully no more. Who becomes the captain and how many games do we win it in? I think Pat Cummins will skip it for sure. And um, I think we'll, yeah, I think it'll be either a 2 1 or a 2 0 sort of scenario. Um, both teams, I think, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they, uh, they approach it. But yeah, I reckon it'll be a pretty tight contest early. But um, yeah, hopefully Aussies get it up. So a couple of draws in there, you're saying? I think so, yeah. I think you never know with uh, Aussie weather at the moment. Yeah, you might not get all your days playing and um, especially MCG, I think, is looking a bit better. But generally, yeah, unfortunately, the last few years, it's been draw-worthy. So we'll see what Boxing Day test matches ever. Exactly. Oh, I reckon we get up at least 3 nil, if not 4 nil. Oh, it'd be nice if we do. It'd be very nice if we do, believe. We're definitely winning the day-night test um, in Adelaide. You put Mitchell Stark in that one for sure. And then you've also Gabba and probably Perth. If it gets played in Perth, there's talks that Tassie's going to take it from us, which we definitely yeah, hope that doesn't happen. But those three definitely. And then hopefully we get up in Melbourne. Yeah, so that's Melbourne. the... Uh... That's the dream, so we'll see how we go. The only one that I think might not really get a result is Sydney because that time of year, the weather's just atrocious anyway. Yeah. So that's yeah, that's get the up, only So that's the only one thing that we care about. If it's 1-0, if it's 5-0, that's as all we care we about. Even if it becomes a draw in the series, we still get to regain the Ashes, which is all Exactly. But, yeah, you'd rather take a win at least, wouldn't you? Yeah, because it would have been nice to win in England. but Exactly. Draw. Um. Okay, last couple of questions. Player of the tournament, who do you think is going to absolutely dominate the Big Bash this year? Um, I think Darcy Short's in for another year. I think he looks like he's striking him pretty well. Um, yeah, I think he'll return back to his best. 
Yep. Um, obviously, he's going to most likely going to be the best batsman, best bowler. Does Rashid Khan get the uh, most wickets again, or is it Jai Richardson? No, I think I think Rashid will be a. Uh, I think he could des- definitely be the uh, be the best. I reckon he's um, he's a huge sniff to to have a really big uh, big impact and um, yeah, non strikers maybe like uh, Nathan Ellis. He's yeah, he's looking like he's had a bit of time in the Aussie squad, so he'll benefit from that massively. Awesome. Well, thank you very much, Liam, for coming on to the revival of Chats with Marty. So no worries, we're going to come more okay. episodes out in the next couple of months. But thank you very much, Liam, and see you all later. Uh, Cheers. Thanks, mate.